Hello, and thank you for joining us here at Therapy Unwound, the space that is here for all of us to take a deep dive into the wonderful world of therapeutics. Thank you for following us on YouTube and Spotify and the old Instagrams. It's been wonderful to get to know you on the socials, and we can't thank you enough for the amount of shares, downloads, and likes. If you're not following us there already, please do so. Also, if you'd like to support us here on the podcast, please hop over to the Ko-Fi and sponsor a coffee or three for the team here. We send our thanks in advance and look forward to catching you up on the platform soon. My name's Jenny Walker. I'm your host for today. And today we are joined by the wonderful Maya Taylor, who is a Pilates instructor for Pilates Care. And she specializes in the reform of Pilates from Polestar and scoliosis. And today we are having a wonderful conversation with her. So sit back, get a cup of tea and enjoy. for all things therapeutic and we are taking a deep dive into the wonderful world of Pilates today with Mayor Taylor. Hello. Hello. How are you? Mayor Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm really well. I'm really excited to have you on here because we, just before we came on on air, um, we worked out that I've known you for about six years now. Yeah. I think I was around 15 when I came in. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that journey. So before I saw you, I went to a clinic in London. I've seen a chiropractor who made me sit there half naked. (laughs) That was fun. And I'm only like 13 with my dad in the room. So he kept saying, oh, I'm going to put metal plates into your back and all of this. And that's not something anyone wants to hear. Not at 13. Yeah. No matter what your age is. Yeah. Um, And all we wanted was a massage. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. Oh, wow. So he's... probably like a hundred quid or something he's charging and that was just a consultation and my dad said okay you're at least going to do a bit of a massage aren't you and then we left and nothing and then we found you. (laughs) So was that the point you got the diagnosis of scoliosis? No I was around 12 years old. And how was that for you? Um, That was very horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah I was getting back pain Mm -hmm. and my scapulas were flared out both sides and I couldn't really fit into any of my clothes. Okay. And so when you were 12, you're starting to get through that puberty age. Yeah. That's when it kicked in. And we went and they said that I needed to get an x-ray. And then straight away, like one of the worst curves you could get. <laughs> <laughs> Overnight almost. Because you've it was quick seen onset, it. Wasn't yeah. It? You've seen it as 50 degrees. I think yeah. it's always been like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I am really amazed that you and your dad went specifically for massage. Mm. Why was that? Was that just an inherent knowing of what you needed or had you researched that? Um, I think it was just the pain that I was getting. Yeah. And then I kept thinking, well, surely massage should be the best for that if it's holistic and not being put in all these pills and so I've had codeine, Valium, mm. and you're only, what, 14, 15, you shouldn't be taking yeah. things like that. And I'm just sitting there as well. He's not actually doing anything. So yeah. it's just kind of um, everything's just scary. So they would say like all the spinal fusions as well every time I went to a doctor's appointment. Mm. And that's not anyone, anyone doesn't understand that even if you're 
30, 40, 50. You mm-hmm. don't want to hear that. No. And that, that was the only way I would get better. Wow. Yeah. Because I remember when I first met you, you were quite scared, actually. And mm. kind of like, what's it wasn't the fact that you were going to have a massage. I think it was the language behind it. There was no oh, yeah. way of communicating the experiences and the trauma that you had been through. Yeah. And I think what people don't often talk about with scoliosis, I also treat the lordotic and kyphotic issues as well, is that when you've listened to a lot of long words by a lot of specialists who think that that makes them either sound clever or it's just that they haven't learned how to translate, that translation is actually vital for the person who's suffering. Yeah. So when you've got scoliosis, to hear that you need spinal fusions and rods and all the rest of it, there needs to be a backup story for that sometimes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Because why why did it get that bad so fast? Or why am I getting pain? But some people else don't get pain. Like if I looked it up, Mm. it would only be a certain amount of people, even if they had the worst curves, which you've probably seen as well. They don't get pain, they can cope with it. But why couldn't I cope with it? It made me feel like I was lower in the way of pain range, even though surely it should be the exact same for everyone. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? Because with personal pain, it's by defect personal. Mm. So my five out of 10 isn't going to be your five out of 10. Yeah. And it doesn't actually matter what Mm. your five out of 10 is. It's just your five out of 10. Yeah. And that's what therapists need to work with. And even though you can see it, no one believes that I'm in that pain or that maybe sometimes it's worse or sometimes it's better. Why would it be that? Yeah. Shouldn't it be congruency throughout? Yeah, definitely. But for some reason, that's not with everyone. Yeah. And also you go through different parts of life. I mean, going through that diagnosis at 12, 13, and then like literally your bone plates haven't solidified at that age, have Mm. they? So you're still growing. <laughs> yeah. And your body's still got to form around that. Yeah. And you're going to have inflammation through life. You're going to have, you're going to get a cold. You're going to get a flu. Hopefully not going to get COVID. You know, all that stuff, it does put pressure as well as the mental trauma of all this. Yeah. It's going to definitely. change your pain, pain pattern. Yeah. So tell us how you found Pilates. So I think many doctors had said that Pilates would be good. Mm. But no, obviously not cure or anything like that, yeah. if they ever said. And then I started going to the local gym doing Pilates and I did that by myself, which is always a little bit scary with a bunch yeah. of 50-year-old women, 60-year-old women. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be going on a Saturday or Sunday morning and it's just me. And I'm really little. Because <laughs> you were like 15 then, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> going to Charles House Gym. Mm. Yeah. And obviously some people, as soon as they find out I've got scoliosis, I some, for some reason I get singled out that I need all these wedges and things. Right. When that can help, but as long as they know what they're doing. Yeah. So that kind of Pilates journey was very helpful of understanding where I am in my body. Mm. And what is, I know there's the whole neutral spine is a little bit of a hoax. <laughs> I've just raised my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure we need to understand what neutral spine would be so they always say in pilates that everything should be perfectly straight like joseph pilates had this obsession with the flat baby spine yeah so when they whenever you're doing anything that's even just lying on your back with your legs into tabletop they want your spine to be perfectly level Mm. but that's not true for 
Anybody. <laughs> Anybody. <laughs> so then you get a teacher that's obsessed with pushing you into that position and I've got scoliosis, so it's, that's never going to be possible. No. Yeah. So you learn that even though they're saying that, that isn't where you should be. Mm. So that kind of brought me into well, why don't I get into this and then I can help other people who get the same pain, even if it's scoliosis or even just any back pain, yeah. Because I remember quite clearly in your journey, you were at uh, college, you mm. moved it to the local sixth form and the pain that you were experiencing through your back studying was quite a mission. And I remember very clearly your vocabulary changed in how you started talking about your back. And it suddenly became personal. Mm. You suddenly kind of like took that journey on and said, yeah, this is my back. Yeah. I have scoliosis and I'm not going to get in neutral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I I still think at that age, that's quite a brave thing because as you've said, you've been in a gym with people who are like decades older than you. Yeah. With an instructor who's instructing you. They find that kind of like bravery within you mm. to say actually that's not working for me yeah how was that for you do you remember that I remember being in college and being very stressed out all the time and then the pain was always flared up which led me to drop out and do Pilates instruction she didn't drop out guys at all <laughs> she totally she's totally aced it <laughs> I still got some A-levels <laughs> but um yeah that led me to I was looking at my fasting instructor I was like this is a cool job mm. but only if they're nice only if they're willing to understand why you have this pathology and what they're going to do to help you instead of pushing you into 30 people in one room and then they go oh actually you've got a slight issue there maybe just sit out on this one yeah <laughs> it's always kind of like just do cat cow you'll be yeah. fine <laughs> like I can't do rolling like a ball on the mat I'll just sit there so that's the other thing so have you found that even kind of like you went through the Polestar um, Pilates training didn't you yeah and for anybody who's listening, Polestar is an incredibly well-renowned um, training scheme for Pilates instructors. And personally, for me, I find that working with Polestar instructors is the creme de la creme. Their knowledge on movement, anatomy, just the the inner voice of the body is superb. So I tend to refer to Polestar trained instructors over anybody else, actually. I'm biased towards their teaching. <laughs> um, did you find that through learning with Polestar that you were able to get over or I want to, I don't want to use the word get over but maybe work with scoliosis more in the positions that you weren't able to do like rolling like a ball mm. yeah definitely they're obsessed with modification right so now if I go in and I see that a, a studio doesn't have cushions it's it's strange I don't understand how they would teach people mm. because even if you're perfectly able-bodied your hips aren't always going to be aligned My things aunt. like that <laughs> <laughs> or your hamstrings are going to be bad so you mm. have to sit on a block sit on the floor things like that yeah so it made me understand that even if someone comes in they don't need to tell you what they have because that's sometimes very uncomfortable yeah. in front of four or five people yeah. that I could see oh they've just got a slight issue here so I can pad them or if they feel uncomfortable, I can just slightly tweak that they put their legs on the floor, things like that, mm. especially on the reformer where sometimes you're really high up. Yeah. You like the reformer a lot, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Why the reformer? Um, I think it's the best for my back. 
So on the mat, you can cheat a lot. So I'll just be throwing myself around when I'm doing abdominal work. And then you get on the former and you're like, okay, I'm shaking like hell now. And I'm just standing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I've tried all the other ones like Cadillac and things, but a bit too relaxed for me. Okay. Yeah, at least on reform, you get a bit of a sweat on. That's good. I think that's, that's the thing with Pilates that I used it a lot for my own rehab, actually. But I never felt like I was getting out of breath. Yeah. Like my CV work was shocking but I could almost touch my toes. I've never touched my toes, but <laughs> could almost get there. So I'd be really interested to hear how you view the classical form of Pilates, like Joseph Pilates. Tell us about the transition between the Pilates that he created and how you practice now. So Joseph Pilates was, he was quite, I don't know if everyone in the audience would know about his history no but he was a very aggressive teacher like he would cane his students or he would say you can only do it like this so if you had a problem you wouldn't be able to even do that exercise so if you had a pathology you wouldn't be able to partake at all right so everyone who would go had to master each exercise this is obviously very aggressive because he was the first yes yeah he could do it his way yeah um so what you would do is you become the master at it and then you could just pay and you could go into the studio okay. and then you just do your own practice. So now it's very much different that you feel like even if you've been to, you've probably been to hundreds of hours now, yeah. you still maybe wouldn't want to go in there by yourself and just be able to get on the mat or the floor. God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> even though I'm sure you could. Yeah. I, I would... <laughs> I'm a fully trained body worker and yeah. I still really crave my instructors. Yeah. So he was obviously very like elitist at the start. And then the classical, I'm not sure what some of the brands are now, mm. classical, but I think they've still stuck with that as much as they can. But the people who went off with him, like yeah. elders, they called them, and they all went off to different parts of the country. There's one which is a dancer and she's obsessed with only being fit for dancers. Okay. So you have to get your leg all the way up to the ceiling and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then now it's become, yeah, Polestar where they're obsessed with science and why are we doing this movement what's it actually benefiting evidence-based practice people yeah. <laughs> we're mini dosing it again <laughs> <laughs> and like as much as you may love classical you maybe still need to understand why you're doing this in your body because sometimes the teacher doesn't even say as well so you're just kind of sitting there thinking where am I feeling this mm. yeah I remember doing hollow rocks in the middle of lockdown and my personal trainer had got me to do them because my diaphragm needed some help um, whilst I was learning how to breathe again. And hollow rocks are quite interesting because I can really cheat them. Mm. I can put my hands round my knees and I can rock like you wouldn't believe. And then I discovered that just taking my hands away was just like, oh, yeah, that's where my diaphragm is. Mm. <laughs> so it's like you've got... There is a certain point within the practice, isn't there, where you discover yourself within the practice. Mm, like even when over-cueing breath, yeah. even things like that, I get very lazy with cueing that because I think you feel like when you're going to inhale, you're going to exhale because yeah. you're doing it properly. That's the, the big part of this exercise mm. is don't get bogged down on when you're inhaling, exhaling. You felt with that movement that, oh, now I'm breathing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's when you know that you're doing it perfectly. Mm. Yeah, it's a. I think Pilates is a an awesome practice. I have had a back issue since I was fourteen, and my left side of my back is not great. And it's actually how I got into therapy, which mm. is really cool. But I remember being in Rome 
with my ex and I had been dancing barefoot on tarmac one night and it was a great street party, phenomenal. We ended up in bed around about three and I woke up at four with the most incredible backache. And I think it was the combination of dancing and the backline fascia just not being healthy enough to do it. And the floor was marble. The only way I could get out of pain was a full hour Pilates session on the floor. And then the backache went and when I was able to sleep again. But that was the moment where I thought that's where you can train in a form of therapeutic body work. Yeah. And it works for you because you've worked out what it does for your body. Mm. How have you found that with scoliosis? So I found that even when I'm doing my practice, which sometimes isn't always, oh, I'll just do these set of exercises because mm. then maybe I'll just get rid of abdominals because yeah. that's not my favourite. <laughs> um, I'll try my best to go through every exercise I possibly can mm. in the repertoire that I've learned. And I'll just find myself being able to, I think I saw it somewhere. It's like this girl was saying, I want to be able to float through life. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> we knew that on a poster. <laughs> like my body wants to be so relaxed and so healthy that every day doesn't feel like oh I've got this tightness even mm. though everyone gets it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have and that's how I want to feel after I do that practice even if I have to do some abdominal work because yeah. <laughs> that strengthens your back things like that so yeah that's definitely helped a lot or even just having that moment for yourself yes it's a huge part of self-care isn't it mm. uh, do you get massages I do I'm on the couch every other week so do you massage each other no, we don't, actually. I think it's really good to have a professional boundary. And I think it's it's right that you need to not only do your work really well, but you need to get it into you also. Yeah, definitely. And it's also good just to know what it's like to be a client. Mm. There are times where I need to talk on the couch. There are times where I just need to shut up. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> and it's all, it always reminds me that my clients are the same. Sometimes they mm. need to talk. Sometimes they need to shut, well, I need to shut up for them and just not ask about their holidays. <laughs> not that we're going on holiday at all at the moment. But I think, yeah, if you're doing Pilates each day, mm. teaching, it's that practice is really important. Yeah. And I've gone to classes and I've obviously thought, I don't really understand what you want me to do here. Mm. Or even just not always agreeing with what they're saying, things like that, which you've probably had when you've had uh, yeah. students come in and you thought where have you learned that yeah. <laughs> I think also but it's just, as students learning I can still remember remember Megan Mari down at Jing's advanced training massage school I got my degree from and I was faffing around with a load of sheets like my tap my sheet and towel management is not always on point mm. I'm guilty of that but I will never forget Megan turning around saying in her Bronx accent Jenny what on earth are you doing with those sheets and every time I'm in the I mean that was like 10 years ago I can still hear her in my head going what are you doing you <laughs> idiots get that sheet on there properly and make sure your client's <laughs> covered and I think those moments as a student they just stay with you mm. and a good teacher will be able to haul you over the coals and allow you to practice better yeah so what was your favourite part of training? I think it was the self-practice and then, because I did most of it with my boyfriend, Sam. Yeah, so. <laughs> love Sam. He's awesome. Rockstar. Most of it was 
kind of understanding because he's got a few issues with his back as well. Not that mm. he wants to. No, it's fine. <laughs> wants to always say that he does. But he got a slight issue with his lower back. Is that mm. right? Yeah. So even just understanding, oh, this would be great for him. And I didn't actually know the exercise perfectly well. Yeah. So I think I rather the after of the weekends that I did of the course, like I rathered myself going, okay, I understand that this teacher said this is how she kind of teaches and this is how she's gone through the exercise with me. But I just want to get my head around it in my body, mm. take my time with that and then obviously teach him and understand but does he like this spring or because obviously I'm reformer trained yeah. pole star or does he actually want it to get higher because yeah. I'm so weak compared to he is or I'm stronger somewhere else mm. where in the course they're quite set on just being like this is average this is just cool right yeah so you can individualize mm. much easier so that I was guess, amazing kind of learning that that like I don't need to be perfectly good at the springs <laughs> yet because everyone's stronger somewhere else absolutely yeah. i mean my shoulders arms and back really strong for massage mm. my legs actually no now i'm not rock climbing not <laughs> so much not so much yeah so i was on instagram which is still relatively new to me again in my life i came off it quite for quite a while and back on and whilst i was getting ready for this interview i was looking through instagram pilates yeah oh my word there's a lot oh flip <laughs> How do you hold your sense of self and honour your practice when mm. the social media out there is quite, honestly, it looks unhealthy? It's inundated, isn't it? It is. Yeah. yeah. Apart from anything else, I cannot get over the fact that people are wearing skin-toned, all-in-one jumpsuits right now. <laughs> I mean, seriously? <laughs> but yeah, how do you hold your own on that? So I have three accounts on yeah. Instagram. Rolling them down below. It must just be my age. <laughs> so I've got a food account because I cook a lot and I've got the Pilates account and my main, which is the private account. So yeah. just my friends can see that one. That's good. Um, so I'm kind of only on the Pilates one when I'm going to upload. Yeah. I try not to sit and scroll through it because I can understand you probably think, oh, this person's really skinny or this person's really strong. I can't do that. Yeah, or, there's some great out there. Yeah. <laughs> because i don't know if they have a massage one the hashtag massage therapy and i was on there last night and honestly it's yeah i just want to cry a lot um <laughs> i think the worst one yesterday where there was useful naked male body mm. lying prone on a massage couch in the middle of this vegas hotel room i thought that's why massage has such a bad rep yeah i mean that's why we're not taken seriously as a profession yeah definitely it's and that's why I think there's such a block for this work for myself as an advanced clinical massage therapist, for you as a rehab Pilates instructor. Yeah. I think that's why it's so difficult for us to be within the healthcare space, because actually visually, we're still kind of like the folk medicine in the background somewhere, yeah. which is really hard. Mm. Well, I also try and follow... Um people of plus size or yeah. of disabilities things yeah. like that because I think it's amazing to see Definitely. okay well they're like not even close to what I look like but they're so much better at this than I am at the moment mm. or like why can they still do that but they're plus size when we've kind of always been told that you need to be super fit to be able to do that it's amazing absolutely the body yeah. positivity movement has done mm. wonders for us so I think I just try and follow that as well right I just see that so healthy yeah. feeds. Yeah. 
Healthy feeds, everyone. <laughs> yeah, healthy feeds. Like that. That should be our that should be our new hashtag. Sophie, take note. Um but yeah, I was I was very curious about that because I was actually quite scared at the amount of Pilates inst- instructors I was watching and mm. as a body worker you can really see that they're hypermobile. Yeah. I mean they've been born differently. Yeah, they can definitely. get into positions that I would never even dream of. Mm. And they're using that to promote Pilates. Yeah. Well, I had an amazing mentor who specializes with people with scoliosis mm. when I was training. And um I'd go in and I'd go, okay, can we do the star today on the reformer? And it's one of the most advanced. And she's like, we'll try, but if you can't do it, don't beat yourself up because I'm not going to give this to you in the exam if you can't do it. That's unfair. And why should you make yourself do it as well just yeah. for this exam? That's yeah. so good. Yeah, she's amazing. That's an awesome mental yeah. right there. <laughs> but if I had anyone else, they'd probably just be like, no, you're not going to be able to do the exam <laughs> if you can't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. we need more mentors mm. like that. So tell us about your business. Where are you? What do you do? What's your, so, what's your jive? <laughs> so Pilates Care is the name. Yeah. <laughs> and the location is in Milford and it's in my dad's house, but it's at the front. So it's easy and there's good driveway and everything. Yeah. Um, it's a really nice, quiet village and not too far from Godwing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Five minutes? Yeah, yeah, I think that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I've got a clinical reformer, which is very lucky that I got that. And I've I got... was over the moon when I heard you got that. <laughs> so lucky um and I've got some mats so hopefully I'll be doing as much as I can in person and on zoom that's fantastic so come down if you feel like you need totally if you're in if you're in the Surrey area and you want Maya to have a fantastic session with you then Mm. do book in and get this get this party started (laughs) I'm really excited to see how your journey with your body progresses from this point yeah I need to have another x-ray because yeah, I think be it really was 2017 mm. and you said that my back might be better. It feels um, it or feels in a level. really healthy state and it, the scapulas just feel more level to me. But yeah, and um, if you were to give anybody any advice who's listening out, out mm. there who wanted to start Pilates but they're not quite sure, what would you say? I would say that don't feel like you need to push yourself to get onto a piece of equipment, as scary as they can be. Mm. We'll start with mats. And even if you can only do 20 minutes and you can't put your legs into tabletop or you have really weak abdominals, things like that, don't feel like that's going to discourage you because everyone started somewhere. And especially if you have things like a lot of pain or you get vertigo, things like that, which is very common at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, don't be discouraged that you can't do a full hour. No one can do a full hour as soon as they get back into it. Look at us back at lockdown. Yes. (laughs) Oh, lockdown. (laughs) Netflix has enforced a lot on us. (laughs) Our poor bodies. They Mm. do need some help. So I think that's really great. So you are happy to take um, clients on at whatever level they feel comfortable with. Definitely. That's brilliant. Yeah. Superb. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. A pleasure (laughs) to have you here and in the booth. And I look forward to speaking to you soon. Yeah, lovely to speak to you. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, I hope you've had a great time listening to all we've had to talk about. And I offer you a blessed and safe week. Keep well, and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.